mean, uh, yeah, I can't say enough of how striking this video is, and I hope the people that are listening will take a minute and follow some of the the links that accompany the white whale to the to the to, to see the video itself, because the story behind Pinieri is um, is dreams and and things things in dreams becoming real and you know kind of the ironic thing that we've already discussed on the podcast is that when I was making the record I started having dreams that then started having very real repercussions for me so you know in, in a way the fiction became true and helped me make the fiction we're talking now about the third set of videos and I specifically wanted to kind of slow down and, and take these individually because you're doing a lot there's a lot that's cumulative about these this last series and as far as the different styles and the different approaches and and what you're doing but but also these are these just feel the most different from each other Well, and this is also the first set that were built after starting to get some of the context for these. So it inherently was different in that regard, whereas before I didn't know any of the, the making of the records for you. Like we've said about all of these films, they kind of have a life and a narrative of their own. And I mean, really starting it off with a small a screen within a screen it's a it's, it's a it's pulled out the screen is mostly black and there's this tiny square of handheld camera footage and you can't really make anything out of what that first square is showing it's people's feet it's you think there's you think you see flashing lights and uh, looks like photos being taken or, or, or a siren light you know light on a police car something like that and then as 
these tiny squares start to replicate. And within, I think, the first, you know, it's only a three minute long song, I think, but within, so the, within the first 45 seconds, the screen is filled with these tiny little screens, and they're all showing different perspectival takes on what is essentially, it's a riot. Again, just trying to piece together, looking at people's faces and trying to catch like little street signs here and there. It appears to be American uniforms on the police officers and whatnot. It appears to be violent. And it appears that the violence is mostly coming from the police. I mean, that's obviously something that's on a lot of people's minds right now. It's a set of images that are sadly commonplace and yet still maintain their ability to provoke. So so yeah, why why this provocative set of images? Part of what was interesting to me was the gyration of the the image and the movement of it, the way I heard it and felt it was much more like dance. When I built this, I was initially thinking of it as texture, like that I would have abstracted and blown it out. And then I just started to see the idea of so many images. I mean, so not only is it looking at, you know, body cams and police cams and things like that have become commonplace and, and people filming their attacks and stuff like that, but it's also the preponderance of, of news positioning of it and flooding us with so many images that we can't actually understand what's happening anymore because we've lost the, the thread. upwards of 12 in, in some frames and, and then it subtracts and you get three but they're repositioned from where they once were so changing the position of the of the frame changes the point of view even though you're looking at what appears to be the same the same point of view shot This video is so amazing with its use of dissolve and superimposition. Editing like, I mean, just to echo what you said before, that the editing does feel a little bit like 
choreography and you're playing with these images but you know the images themselves people are agitating you don't know what they're agitating about you obviously can't hear them and they're being kind of herded along by these cops and you don't know if the of the of the POV cam is a cell phone or if it's like you said a cop cam or, or one of these new kind of pieces of biotechnology extensions of the, of the body or if it's surveillance camera footage you really can't tell it's not overhead so it doesn't feel like CCTV as much as it feels like somebody who's actually there and it's either one of these cops or one of these protesters, one of these agitators, and, and I like that tension that you build up because I think, and, and this isn't the, the time nor the place to, to get into a discussion about some of the philosophical implications of these things, but you know, we can, we can make, and I think your video makes a point that at least in all of the agitation that you see, on the part of the protesters. It's what you do when you're protesting. You don't protest seated, speaking quietly, only lifting your sign to about uh, you know, a foot over your head. If every pro yeah, if every protest was like that, nothing would get there'd be no point to the protest. So the act of protest itself has to trans transcend some societal norm. We have to raise our voices. We have to you know, we have to pump our fists. Protest has to be transgressive in order to really effectively be protest. There was one image that kind of caught my eye, specifically because you repeat it. It's the only repetition that I caught, even though I think you might, you might have, there might be a couple more in there that I didn't catch. But it's a scene where these protesters are kind of running by or kind of jogging by, chanting whatever it is they're chanting, and they're they're running by the cops and like one pro protester runs by and then another protester runs by and the cop is just kind of looking at them disinterestedly and then another guy kind of runs by pumping his fist and, and shouting his slogan and that's when the, that guy's who the cop decides to hit he looks at one guy he's like whatever and looks at another guy he's like and then he's like, this guy's like, no, no, screw it. And he, and he just pushes him, pushes him down. And, and that, that momentary act of kind of just the, I mean, you know, you can make a point about the banality of evil. You know, just that one split second decision of I'm taking this to the next level. And who knows? Maybe the third guy was shouting something different than the other than, than the first two. Maybe there was some way that he presented do presented more of a threat than but I kinda doubt it.
219 to 246 and the small disappear very quickly and then you have one big image superimposed with the nut with the other big image of the run of the running people running and then hitting superimposed with another even larger image and then another even larger image takes even full screen but they're all blown up so they all literally the images just like you can imagine people pile on each other and create this huge that you know in you know the gestalt is a is this huge chaotic you know melange of body parts and and flashing lights and and all of the stuff that you saw previously kind of presented to you in a neat and orderly fashion, despite the despite the fact that it's you know they're, they're, those images themselves are chaotic and you know violent and hard to suss out. When you see them with all of the superimposition and one dissolving into another and different these different sizes, it almost becomes an abstract painting. But that's something that I think we'll probably come back to more and more as we're talking about uh, just kind of how this this third series are to me kind of I mean very painterly I think it really was caught up in the texture and the mechanism of it with kind of a certain dance element but then you know as I cut it along it was sort of cutting in response to what the music was doing it sort of informed that this was where it should go like at a certain point the visual frame needed to escalate and kind of reinforce what happened in the first couple minutes but also destroy it and move on there needed to be a third act essentially if you want to think about it in film terms i had the first two and i needed the third as it nears towards this last leg of the video all the frames start to break down themselves because of the way everything's cut together. And so you get this interesting perspective of, of sort of the, if you're thinking more cinematic ideas, like the idea of, of making it and filming and putting this all together that eventually breaks the whole thing down. And, you know, and, and, fade, and in fading it out, not that it, you know, not that you break the screen and all is changed, like this slow fade out of whatever was the norm into a new norm. Yeah, you go from this very rigid structure at the beginning with the, you know, five kind of rows of little squares of, of image to quickly starting to mess with that. And I think you mess with that a little bit in the, in the middle with subtraction. And you take you take some of those rows away, and like I said, you're left with the diagonal pattern, and, and then the diagonal pattern shifts to a to a side by side pattern again, and then they grow, which you know the the viewer isn't really expecting. They seem to come back with a much larger size, unruly and chaotic turns them abstract. In the same way that the music is abstract and hard to pin down, the images become abstract and hard to pin down.
Well, and part of, too, what I was working with on this element was kind of carrying over from the second act. So, like, there's some very purposeful elements of being watched on a computer or through a computer. Like, this is one of the things where now that I knew the narrative, I was trying to carry a little bit of that forethought through. <laughs> 